Welcome to Stories for the Future, a podcast on a mission to get you excited and optimistic about the huge challenges and changes we are facing on this beautiful planet called Earth. My name is Vesselmark Lavnesberge, and in this season, I want you to get into action. We all have special superpowers, and we are all needed to get us back on track for a great future. So please join me in my search for the superheroes with the superpowers. And if you at some point think that, hmm, I could do this, then go out and do it or make that connection. Write that email, start that company. With 7.8 billion superheroes, there's no way we couldn't make it. So let's start. It's game on. So, as I have said in the intro, this season I focus on action. And what do I mean by that? What do we define as action? Is it hands-on, out on the field, up in the wind turbine, so to speak? Well, it could be that, but not necessarily. It could also mean being that facilitator that creates action, or the storyteller that pushes the right buttons to inspire us to get going, or the advisor that has found the way to to move companies or people into doing mode. You will meet many different types of action creators in this season. Some are hands-on, some are generating ideas, some are facilitating, some are taking care of the hands-on people, some are more focused on keeping our spirits up. Imagine we are renovating a house. Action is definitely required to get it done, but we also need the people that feed the handywoman or that are in charge of the first aid kit or that tells the good stories about how nice the house will look when we are all done. I see all these people as action creators. And my very first guest in this season is a perfect example of such an action creator. Her name is Maria Peltukangas and I have been so lucky to know her for a few years by now. Talking to Maria always leaves me feeling wanting to take on more. I see her as an organizational talent and she's like a catalyst, that thing in the engine that makes the car move faster. She gets people to move. Maria has been working in both Sweden, Malaysia, Singapore and Norway in the IT and oil and gas industry with marketing and communications. In 2015, she changed direction and has since then dedicated her time and effort to corporate responsibility and sustainability. Maria is now heading up the consulting company Corporate Good in Norway, and their mission is to transform businesses to be a force for good. She's also a climate reality leader, and she's very active in the Nordic network for the Climate Reality Project. This project, as talked quite a lot about before in this podcast, was founded by Al Gore in 2006 in order to create awareness and spread knowledge about climate change. In addition, Maria is a bee leader, and she can offer guidance and support to companies working with a bee impact assessment and the B Corp certification process. Certified B corporations are businesses that meet the highest standards of social and environmental performance. And you will learn more about this during our conversation. So enough from me. Here's an inspiring woman for you, Maria Peltokangas. So welcome, Maria. Welcome to Stories for the Future. Thank you very much, Vesleme. I'm really glad to be here. And you are my first guest for season number three uh, and the perfect perfect guest, I would say, to kick, kick off this season, which is all about action. And we will get back to that. Uh, but first of all, who are you? Uh, I am uh, a woman. I'm uh, 50 years old, but I want to be 35 because <laughs> there are so many exciting things happening for those uh, young adults. Um, so I'm, I'm actually feeling like 35. Um, I'm um, born and brought up in Sweden in a small town called Vesteros near Stockholm. I have uh, both my parents are from Finland 
uh, but I'm uh, brought up in Sweden. I have also lived six years in Asia Pacific uh, between 25 and 31. And um, now I have actually been 21 years in Norway. So I uh, live in Oslo. Um, I'm married uh, and uh, together we have three daughters and the three grandchildren between three and five years old. Wow. Would, would you say that you are Norwegian or Swedish? Or No, I actually, the older I get, the more Finnish I get, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, and, but I, I mix. I, so it, if I watch a sports competition, if the Finnish are in the front, I'm very Finnish. If yeah. the Swedish are in front, I'm very Swedish. And if the Norwegians are in front, I'm very Norwegian. So I pick and, and that, choose. Yeah, that's very practical. Um, but why did you live in, in Asia at that point? Um, because I was working at that, that time in a Swedish IT company. And I was sent down there uh, together with my ex-husband to mm-hmm. set up their, to help out set up their operations in Asia Pacific. Okay. I, I didn't know about that. It's interesting. So uh, we have to talk a little bit about your your background. And today you are working as a sustainability advisor, and we will talk a lot more about that. But from where you started your career and your studies, and how has it evolved, and what do you think made those bends and those turns in the road from the start and up until now? Actually, uh, my start of the studies was quite um, very little academic because I um, was not so uh, fond of school when I was, uh, you know, 16, 17. So I actually went to the principal and I asked him, what is the easiest course I can take at your school? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he was like what do you mean you can't ask that question and I said but I just did so what is the quickest way to get through uh, school and uh, then I got uh, finally he answered and he moved me from economic studies down to I don't know what you call it in English but I work more like with services you know I mm-hmm. I learned how to write this uh, signs that are outside of food stores you know when it puts tomatoes 990 kroners these big signs that okay. was my main competence that I learned mm-hmm. in school um so I had very little focus on school so I've been working myself uh you know through my career uh, all the way up until I came so I've been everything from bingo host uh, and then I I started working uh, as a marketing coordinator within the IT industry so I actually did a very untraditional way of applying for a job Uh, back in those old days we had the the yellow pages you know the phone Mm. book and I just uh, picked up the page and I took down IT companies and I did some research and I went to knock on their door and I told them, I think that I would be a very good resource for your company. <laughs> and if you hire me, I can work for a small amount of money for six months. But then if you want to keep me after six months, you need to raise my salary with this much. And it was almost double. Um, and, uh, and they said, yeah, six months and then we fire you. But, mm-hmm. uh, after six months, they wanted to keep me. And then we had already in the agreement that I should go up on a much higher level on salary. So my way in the start of my career was, uh, was working my way up. It has never mm-hmm. been education. Um, that didn't happen until I came to Norway. And in Norway, there's much more focus on higher education than it has been in the rest of the world uh, where I have been working. Mm. So when I was 35, actually, uh, I took, uh, I started studying at the 
Management School of Business in Norway, BI. And uh, I started uh, on a bachelor degree uh, in leadership and communication. So there I was sitting in a big hall together with the other uh, students and they were like 18, 19 years old and then old mama me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting and a little bit untraditional uh, career path. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you, you, uh, you ended up after some years, I guess, uh, in Aki Solutions, uh, right? And there you, you build up the, the, oh, what's it called again? X, um, Engineerium. Engineerium. Yeah. Could you t tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I, as part of my role as Vice President Communication in Arca Solutions, in one of the smallest uh, business areas, which only had uh, 1,500 employees in five countries, I got uh, the responsibility to develop, which was uh, what is, was supposed to be a museum for the Arker Group, you know, the history of the company where we came from. But... What we actually did was that we have built a more future-oriented uh, center, uh, more like it's divided in two stores. One store is more like a science center with exhibitions. And the main purpose is to help uh, pupils and to get them to uh, study STEAM, uh, so, you know, the mathematics and physics mm. and, and all those type of uh, subjects that I'm not so mm -hmm. good at. And then the second floor of the center is more like, you know, a mini conference center, collaboration center. So it's, it's more like a future oriented center, uh, and it's uh, called engineering. Okay. Is it still existing today? Engineering? It is actually, as we uh, are recording this uh, podcast, they are, uh, actually are hosting a student event about sustainability mm -hmm. ah. so the archer group has challenged a lot of students and then they're using the whole center as an arena to think about sustainability and i think that is really 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 good that's good but you left archer solutions why did you leave i knew you were gonna ask that question <laughs> Um, you know, when you, when you work, when you come up to, I don't know if you should call it a, a midlife uh, crisis or, you know, you, you start thinking, what am I using? What is my legacy going to be? What am I using mm. my time for? And we got the decision or we got a message from the board of directors in Arca Solutions that the main focus for next year was going to increase the shareholder value. And when I started thinking, I had my daughter, the youngest daughter, she was then 12, 13 years old. And when I started thinking is what, what is my, what is my role? Is it my role to work? You know, I worked a lot of hours and is, uh, per week. And is, is that my purpose, uh, to make, um, I say, I, I, I'm going to say it even though I don't. Uh, is it to make one of Norway's richest men even richer? Uh, mm. Or is my legacy, my purpose, you know, how I use my time is going to be on something else? Mm. Um, and there were other things happening at the same time. And I decided that something else is better. Uh, mm. than staying in with that purpose you know it's it's you can work in a in a good company and you could do good things and you can increase the shareholder value for your shareholders but when that is the main purpose mm. then I felt that that I can use my time much better much wiser and do more good yeah and and you do so I think that was a wise decision so now we have to talk about what you're doing today and that is plenty uh, so, so where do you want to start actually um, what do you do today yeah i 
I am uh, since I left uh, Arca Solutions, I have been working. I actually started working with an initiative, uh, which then was called Give the Day Away, which was more like how we can engage uh, companies to do good in society by volunteering or donating things and time. And that company has, I have been part of developing that company into becoming the company where I'm now heading up and the name of the company is Corporate Good. And it's all about how can we use business as a force for good. Mm. Um, so so that, is, that is one part of what I'm doing is to manage the company Corporate Good and with our uh, employees and volunteers and what we do advising companies on how they can work with sustainability and corporate responsibility. And then I'm also, as you know, because we are both in the same uh, group, we are part of Al Gore's Climate Reality Project. So I'm also engaged in that organization. And there I've sort of had a role where I try and engage uh our fellow climate reality leaders try and get us to collaborate, uh, try and get us to be more active uh, in our way of, uh, in our task as uh, climate reality leaders. Mm. And the third thing that I've just, uh, no, it's, yeah, the third and fourth. Uh, yes, I, I <laughs> forgot. To say. The yeah. third thing that I've just recently done is that I have become something called a bee leader. Um, and that is part of the organization called B Corp, which is stands for Benefit Corporation uh, or Benefit Corporations. And it, it's, a, it's a network of businesses that... Uh, they have their slogan, I love it. It's, uh, we don't want to be best in the world, but we want to be best for the world. And that resonates so much with my own values, with the journey I've been on the past seven years. So I'm actually now uh, able and educated to assist companies in applying for a B Corp certification. And the first one in Norway. I'm the first one in Norway yeah. and I have a big target is that we're going to educate uh, new B Corp leaders uh, or B leaders in Norway in 2022. So uh, I'm also part of trying to get this uh, moving in Norway. Mm, that's great. And the fourth thing. Yeah. And the fourth thing, it's so much <laughs> happening. The last, yes. And it's actually most of these, many of these things has happened since uh, May last year. Uh, and the fourth thing is that I'm actually next week um, uh, launching uh, a book about sustainable business. Uh, it's a book in Norwegian with uh, Norwegian examples uh, on, uh, you know, on companies and leaders that are working with sustainability in, in different uh, in different aspects. So that is really, really exciting. It's it's like Maria does things she has never done before. Uh, <laughs> I have had a lot of those moments the last year. Isn't that interesting? It's like very move. interesting. Yes. And um, I think that almost maybe that this, this uh, episode will be published maybe on the launch day, I think. That wow. would be great. That would be great. We'll see. Yeah. A little side note there. Actually, this episode is launched on the day before the book launch. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the 20th of October, you still have time to buy the book as a, at a lower price with bonuses. And I will put the link in the show notes. Uh, but uh, I have to come back a little bit to you know, the, the climate reality um, leader part of you. Yeah. How, how do you see that? And uh, how do you see that the balance? Because a lot of what we do there is to spread the knowledge and, and educate people and give, give uh, presentations. And how do you see that developing in the future? And how do we use that actually to get people to to act. I think that you have been 
thinking about this. Like, how do we actually move the needle? Uh, do, does the presentation lead people to, it does lead them to understand more, but does it lead them to do more? Or how do we do that in the best way? It's a very, very important and big question. Uh, yes. But I, for me, you know, being a climate reality leader, I have only been that uh, since the since uh, one plus year. But for me, it has been a really, I would say, a huge change because I have learned so much. You know, I think I've been working with this for the past seven years, but I've learned so much as a climate reality leader and you learn it from a different angle. Um, and, and I mean, all the good people that we have met, you and I mm. met before climate reality, before we became part of climate reality. Mm. And we encourage each other to to enroll and being climate reality leaders. But I've also met so many good and inspiring people that are climate reality leaders from all over the world. You know, mm. if you if you have met someone that's working with solar panels in in uh, Florida, or you're meeting someone that's working with saving the rainforest from Finland, or you meet someone that's, you know, working with the EU uh, politician uh, network that's sitting in India, or, you know, it's just that. And, and I think we can see that the way we work together, I think that is one of the, the best way with climate reality. And now I actually got a request from a climate reality leader in South America, I can't remember if it was, if it was Brazil, uh, that needed some help because they wanted to reach out to the Norwegian government. And then mm -hmm. I got connected with them. You know, so it's, yeah. I think that, that you, and we are now about 35,000 climate reality leaders all over the world. And we have a big training going on next week. So hopefully mm -hmm. we are going to uh, get closer to, uh, you know, over 40,000. I don't really know if it's five or 10,000 that's attending next week. And I think that by growing the network, mm. you know, getting more people to spread the word uh, and to tell the story. Mm. And how I use the story is that it, it affects me the way I behave and by me behaving in a different way. Um, it, gets people to think okay but how do i do and what do i do for one for example now i've been taking this course to be a bee leader in copenhagen uh, which is um, about uh, one hour plus flight from oslo uh, and then for me as a climate reality leader i didn't really want to fly mm. you know fly to sustainability training is, is sort of a contradiction. So, yeah. so what I ended up doing was that I, uh, I was so lucky I could borrow my husband's uh, electrical uh, vehicle and I could drive down to Copenhagen. Yeah. But it takes a lot of time. But at the same time, I feel it's worth it. And then I talk about that and then peop other people see that, yeah, but if, Maria can do it, then maybe I also can change some of my habits. Mm. So I think that um, that is part of, you know, it being part of climate reality encouraged me to be more conscious. And um, I also use climate reality in the company. Yeah. And it's very, very important to say that I don't, take charge when I do something with climate reality through corporate good it's I don't charge for that because this is a volunteer activity and we're not allowed to get paid for anything we do with regards to climate reality so everyone can uh, request a presentation and we any climate reality needs to sort of um, participate for free mm. so uh, but what I have decided is that all our new customers in corporate good, they 
when we start working with them, the onboarding of a new customer involves a climate reality presentation. Because I think I see that um, a lot of companies now are, I call it, they're jumping on the sustainability train. But then maybe they're jumping on, you know, after the train has gone uh, 400 kilometers. Mm-hmm. And then they're just, they think, oh, we need to be on the train. So they just mm-hmm. jump on, but they forget why yeah. do we need to do this? And that is why I use climate reality to talk about why do we need to use this? Do we need to do things differently? Mm. And I've also gotten, you know, uh, business leaders that have been saying to me after I've done, you know, we do, it's not a huge presentation. It's maybe, you know, uh, 15, 20, 30 minutes presentation. But after that short time, they have said to me, I didn't know that the situation in the world was that bad. Mm. And, and that was also a discussion that we had with regards to the book, because the book is divided into two different uh, sector or sections. The first book is why do we need to change? And the second part of the book is how can we change? Mm. And the editor, he was a bit, you know, he, he didn't really understand why we had to have the why section as part of the book. But then when he sort of read through the, the chapters and he understood you know, the, the thinking of and the explanation from different angles, we, he understood that, yeah, but, and he said, I've learned a lot of new things. So I think that, I think that it's important that we understand why we're doing changes because that is also what's motivating us more from mm. the inside. Yeah. It's not just that you want to do, you know, it's not that you want to do, oh, we, we have a, a, a veggie day in our canteen once a week. It's not, but they understand why do we need to reduce the meat consumption, mm. that they understand the reason behind it. So, so that is the sort of the difference between just jumping on the sustainability train and understanding why we need to reduce, why we need to have a veggie day in the Mm. canteen, in the office. Yes. Yes. Long answer to a short question. (laughs) But it's a a good answer. Yes. Um, So I guess you, you had this really long and interesting career with a lot of bends and turns, as we talked about, and a lot of variation. And I guess also moments where you have been challenged and had to make some choices, not always easy choices. What would you say has been the biggest challenges and during this, this time? And what have you learned about yourself through those challenges? And what could you pass on to others? Three questions. Three questions. <laughs> um, I think that. I think that the, you know, the, the month of October is the month of uh, where we put extra awareness on, phys- no, on uh, what do you call it? Not physical health, but uh, psychological, mental, mental, mental health. health. Yeah. yeah, that we put much more effort on mental health. And I have, um, during my career, I have had at least two periods when I have uh, been uh, more, I've been burned out mm. uh, on medical leave because I have not uh, had the capacity to go to work. Mm. And, um, and, and then you can sort of, uh, and I've reflected on why has that happened? You know, what has that been? What has, why, you know, it's not only because you work too much that you work too many hours, but for me, it's more when I worked against my values, mm. you know, when I worked with, within settings that are, um, either it has been a, a management culture that has been going totally against my values as a person, you know, 
um, uh, or when it has been uh, again, you know, a company that has. For me, it's like if you don't treat your employees good, that is a really trigger for me. Mm. Uh, and then I, then I fight, and and I'm a fighter, you know. And and then when you fight so much that you actually get burned out because mm. you you believe so much that doing good and behaving good is so important that uh, so I think that I think that what I've learned is that if you feel on your body that this is not the right place for me if you feel that this is going against my values you know you feel you know I can I as we speak about it I can get the feeling back in my body about you know you're getting a bit cramped you get you know tensed in your shoulders you get I get a little bit dizzy because that is sort of when I get stressed I get dizzy and and when it goes against my values so and I think that listening to your to your gut feeling being true to your own values and and rather than saying that okay I rather do something else than being here where I am today I think that is one of the biggest uh, lessons I have learned to mm-hmm. to know so, to to be true to myself and my values, um, so that mm-hmm. I I you know uh, because it's um, yeah when that when I don't listen I I get sick yeah yes. simple as that. Simple as that. Mm. I totally agree with you. I think I have learned the same lesson as you. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it, and I also talk about that because I try as much as possible to talk to, not as much as possible, but I try to talk to students. You know, if I mm. get invited to schools, I try and always say yes. And I have a message for them. And that is uh, choose who you're going to work for. Do a due diligence. Check out mm. the manager. Check out, uh, ask them questions. Interview them when you come to the workplace. Ask to meet your becoming manager and to be able to interview them. Ask the companies what type of values do they have and how do they live the values. Ask the company, yeah, but what is the main purpose of your business? So I actually, and for me, that is a little bit of a description description of being a little bit you know the either you can say that you are the mosquito that never gives up or you can say that you are a pain in the yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) but to to be there to ask to Mm -hmm. challenge uh, and to actually help move the company forward Mm. yes that's good advice Uh, what would you say drives you and especially then when things are tough, tough, uh, what makes you put in the extra gear and like be- before you get burnt out? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important, you know, to be aware of the signs and you, you mm. learn uh, when you need to take a break. You learn mm. when you need to recharge and, and you find your tools of, of doing that. Um, and but I think that. You know, what drives me is I had a meeting with uh, uh, one of our customers yesterday and the three really engaging uh, ladies working in in an event company. And, you know, seeing how they, uh, seeing the change from when we started working with them a couple of months ago to where they are now, uh, we were having the uh, workshop at the hotel and the first thing they do when they come into the hotel is they, they ask the hotel, why do you serve drinks in, in uh, plastic bottles? Why don't you have a dispenser system? How yeah. much waste is this generating? And what are you doing with the bottles after, you know? And being mm. those, seeing people becoming those ambassadors for positive change. Mm. And when they sort of, and they think of that and they, incorporate that and they try and that is really what motivates me is seeing people uh action you know when they act on things that is really my and and when i can see i've been part of 
motivating that action. Yeah. A, a little question, a little bit on the side there. How do you, how would you say that we could, uh, when those ladies ask, why don't you have a, a dispenser system? Uh, I recently had that experience uh, at a place which uh, that served water in plastic uh, bottles, like bottle, not bottles, but glasses, mm-hmm. not glasses, but plastic, you know. Um, and I I always struggle to find a way to say that in a way that is not uh, like pointing a finger and and just creating like the the other part to be become uh, resistant in a way uh and that is because we have to we have to let people know or, or maybe they didn't think about it uh, at all so we need to make them aware of it but how do we do that without like pointing the uh, finger yeah <laughs> i think that we should do that by showing the good examples and they really did because they mm. said that you know, this hotel in Denmark, what they have done is they have cut out all their uh, plastic bottles and they are only using dispensers throughout the whole hotel. And then they talked about, you know, so they, they talked about a problem that this hotel had mm. with presenting the solution. Mm. So I think that because it's, it's sort of like, you know, this is really the big issue for us as as um, sustainability activists if we can call ourselves Mm. that is that it's so easy to be negative and point Mm. finger and I don't know how many times I've stopped myself because it's so easy to sit behind your desk and just you know just write stuff you know Mm. And I need to, I need to think of, okay, either if I have a negative comment or a negative thought, then I rather take it one on one. You know, I send a message and I ask them a question. Or if I have solutions, then I, I ask them and I say, Oh, by the way, have you seen the way this and this person or this and this company has solved this? Mm. Uh, maybe this can be of inspiration. Uh, for you and please let me know if you want to know more or please let me know if you want to discuss more so it takes a little bit longer time for you not Mm. just to burst out the negativity but you need to actually find solutions and I think that is better but I have you know I store a lot of Facebook uh, comments, not Facebook comments, but Facebook posts and Instagram posts and LinkedIn posts that I think, oh, this I should comment later. But the time is not enough. So you just need to to work on. But I think that is find, present solutions or Mm. offer to help address the issue. Very good. Um, So this season, as I said, is about action uh, and what do we actually do to make the changes and in order to make the world better so i i had uh, created some some standard questions that i will ask everybody at the end um in in order to kind of generate action from the from the listeners um yeah etc so first one if there's one thing that you would like people to do after listening to this episode, what would that be? That would be to find out how you as a listener can contribute because everyone can do something. And I think that it's much better to to do something small than to think that my contribution is not good enough. And, um, a contribution can be, for example, that you engage with an organization uh, that you feel is doing something good or that you want to, that you believe in, uh, that you volunteer. Um, you can volunteer for a school, you can volunteer for an organization, um, you can, uh, you know, you can start your own initiative. Um, you can do, for example, like a veggie cooking uh, group, 
you know, mm. where you invite people from, maybe it's if you have children and you can do it with school, kindergarten, you can do it in the office. You can do say that um, I have a place for uh, six persons every first Thursday of the month uh, where we will uh, cook together and have a conversation about uh, climate. Um, you know, but that you are a group that meets each month, you know, and that you together work on what can we do? How can we inspire other people to help? Mm. So, so, and I think that, um, I think that find out how you can contribute, you know, it might be that you get involved in, uh, uh, becoming a politician, you know? Yeah. It might mm-hmm. be that you change your job, but it might mm-hmm. be that, okay, maybe I start, uh, maybe I just start a cooking class or maybe I, I, uh, start a book club on, uh, you know, on sustainability. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I think the most important thing is to choose and do something. Mm-hmm. It's better mm-hmm. to do a little thing than to do nothing. Yes. So true. And you need to be vocal about what you do. Tell people about it because Mm. um, it shows that when you talk about the good you do, you inspire others to do good. Mm. So you need to, even though you have just been picking plastic at the beach, post a little picture about that. Even though mm. you do it, you can post it on a story, you know, a story disappears in 24 hours, but it inspires people. Mm. If you buy, you know, one of these uh, street magazines, uh, you know, it in- inspires people to include more, uh, you know, just be vocal about the good mm. things you do. That's very true. And uh, so it is 2030. If you could set the stage for what the world looks like, like think that you are the director of a movie, what does it look like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Smell? Uh, and how has your work uh, helped us to get there? Wow. <laughs> Hard one. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that, you know, if I think to... Uh, It's um, nine years from now. Mm. Um, I'm gonna be in my. I'm gonna be in my sixties. I think that. um, I think that we see. I hope we see a slower society. I hope that we see a society that cares more about each other. Uh, you know, and that we are more interconnected, that there are no, not so much silos in between our different areas in life. Mm. I think that, you know, that the companies are more integrated with the schools, are more integrated with the volunteer organization, the NGOs, that we see that, you know, and so I think that a slower society uh, and a more integrated society. And I see, I see more green. You mm. know, I see that we take back a bit of the concrete and that we green the world much more than we have, uh, than we have done today. So, mm. so that is, uh, that is what I'm hoping for. And that's what I, I hope I can contribute to, uh, that the world should become because I think it's about um, what is the purpose of business, mm. you know? Uh, I can't remember who said it, if it was Freeman or who said it, the purpose of business is business. But for me, the purpose of business is not business. Mm. The purpose of business is to create real positive impact on the world, you know? it's uh, so So find out, okay, how can we do that? Is it, is it, uh, and, and I have a hiccup on balloons, you know, I don't really understand <laughs> why we need balloons, <laughs> but, but is it, is it sort of, 
is is balloons you know is is that is just is it just a thing that i have you know but do we really need to have these big balloon things and do they create a positive impact or is it other things we can do to create the feeling of celebration to create mm. the feeling of happiness that has a positive impact on the world you know rather than producing and blowing up balloons and yeah <laughs> yeah but and the interesting thing is also to think about when i say 2030 it seems a long time uh, away but it's not when you think like nine years um Ago? in the past yeah that's not a long time <laughs> so it's uh it's uh coming really quickly yeah yeah it does but at the same mm. time i think that it's i think that i think that one important thing is is that um when you talk about 2030 uh, you know because so many companies are now setting targets for 2030 for 2040 and for 2050 mm. and uh, uh and you know it's really easy to set a target on where your company is going to be in 2050 if you as the ceo of the company is actually not going to be alive you know mm. It's so easy to push mm. the targets. So I think that, okay, I think it's a really good question of what do we want to see in 2030, but what what actions are we going to do today to try and achieve that? Yeah. Yes. So you are my guest because I want the listeners to get inspired to do something after listening to this episode. And that could be to contact you with an idea or a question or some thoughts. Uh, so just be prepared. <laughs> but what is the best way to contact you? Would that be LinkedIn or email? Or... Yeah, I think that uh, I use LinkedIn quite uh, a much, quite a lot. So uh, there you can find me at Maria Peltukangas, and uh, we're going to write it in the Yes, in the show notes because it's 11 letters <laughs> and uh, I'm also on Instagram and but you can also follow corporate good uh, mm. on uh, the different social media channels but I'm very very open to uh, as answering questions uh, collaborating if you have any questions on climate reality or B Corp mm. or the way we work with corporate good or uh, why I don't like balloons or <laughs> whatever. I'm very, very open. So please uh, reach out. Um, as I used to say, uh, that is why I have you, Veslemay, as part of my network, is that I collect good people. Yes. And that gives me positive energy. So that is really something that I do. So I really appreciate if you reach out. Yes, great. So we're approaching the end, I think. Um, quite good uh, timing. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add that we haven't touched upon about what you're doing or some thoughts you have? Or have we covered it? I think one thing that we have not talked so much about is uh, collaboration. Yes. And competition. So the last thing that I would like to uh, maybe just end with the question mm -hmm. is, uh, and that I need to challenge myself on, is how do you see, do you see people working with sustainability and, you know, working to create a better world? Do you see them as competitors or do you see them as uh, collaboration partners mm. because I think that is I think we need more collaboration within the sustainability area mm. um, so that is my last note that I would like to end off with and I think that um, I think that that is something we need to reflect on and um, and that might be uh, something you can take up in another episode, Veselma. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. That's um, it's a uh, it's important and maybe a bit tricky 
uh, to yeah but if i can just end with a good example because mm. that would be really good is i would uh, then reach out to uh, nille and stefan in uh, b corp nordics um which has then done this b leader training that i just took part in they are actually educating their own competitors because they have found out there are too many companies in the Nordics area that need that wants to become B Corp certified and that they themselves don't have the capacity to handle Mm. all the requests. Mm. So they have rather said that, okay, but let us then educate more people to become like us. Mm. So instead of, instead of sort of, holding down the number of companies that can become that can get help from them they are expanding the market by educating you know and they don't call them they don't call us competitors but they call us collaboration partners Mm. so for example the other day they came out with uh, we have our own linkedin group and they said we have this type of company uh, in this country that needs help. We don't have time to take it. Is someone else of you willing to help out? Mm. Please reach out. So I think that is really a good example of how we can collaborate within the field of sustainability, activism, uh, you know, climate, uh, Mm. the other, you know, corporate responsibility areas. It's rather Mm. to think how can we get more companies involved rather than limiting saying that but what is my field what can i what is my capacity yeah and i think that in the end we all gain from sharing yes yeah yeah i think so too yes thank you so much maria this has been great thank you so much and thank you for this great podcast Uh, (laughs) i think it's really inspiring uh, and i think you are a really good podcast host so i'm really looking forward to this third season and uh, the fourth and the fifth yeah (laughs) of course (laughs) and if you have uh some uh, great uh great uh, ideas for guests send them my way i will do so yes and good luck with your book launch corporate good and everything that you are working on thank you very much Thank you. Bye. Bye. That's what I would call a perfect start to a season of action. Maria said that she is collecting good people, and she's definitely one of those herself. I'm so happy to know her. And as for the action, This is where it starts for your part as a listener. Did you hear something that got you especially interested? Do you want to learn more about becoming a B Corp, a climate reality leader? Or do you want to check out Corporate Good or the book that is being launched almost as we speak? Well, you heard her. Maria wants you to contact her with questions, ideas, or anything else you feel like sharing. I will add all the contact details and other links in the show notes. So then it's just up to you. In the next episode, we are leaving Norway and actually going all the way to Madrid, Spain. Plenty of things going on there as well, I can assure you. So stay tuned. Talk to you soon.